Hello, this is Pastor Corey Ehrman. You're listening to my podcast. I hope it blesses, encourages, and inspires you. I pray that the Holy Spirit will touch you through this teaching. Thank you for tuning in, and God bless. And I'd like you to turn to 2 Kings chapter 4, verse 8. It's about the Shunammite woman. We're just going to read it. Now, it happened one day that Elisha, Elisha's double portion prophet, everyone say double portion, went to Shunam, where there was a notable woman, and she persuaded him to eat some food. So it was as often as he passed by or passed by that he would turn in there to eat some food. So she, she drew him there with good food. And he said, to, so she said to her husband, look now. I know that this is a holy man of God who passes by us regularly. Please, let us make a small upper room in the wall and let us put a bed for him there and a table and a chair and a lampstand so it will be that whenever he comes to us, he can turn in there. And so it happened one day that he came there and he turned into the upper room and lay down there when really, I almost put put the words in it, dawned on him suddenly that this woman had been doing all this for him. Uh, We only find out later something about this lady is that she was barren. So this this woman was barren. She She couldn't have a child. And she was doing all this for this this prophet who really represented God, okay? So in verse 12, Elisha says, to Gehazi, that was his servant. Say, Gehazi was Elisha's servant. Call the Shunammite woman here. And when he had called her, she stood before him. And he said to him, say now to her, look, you have been concerned for us with all this care. What can I do for you? Do you want me to speak on your behalf to the king or to the commander of the army? And she answered and and she answered and said, I dwell amongst my own people. I don't need that. So he said, what then is there to be done for her? Now, it's an interesting thing. Yeah. Elisha didn't come into her town or to, to, to where she lived and said, I'm hungry. Elisha didn't even say, you know what? I'm really in need of a room with a bed and a table and a lamp and a chair. Not once do you see in the story that Elisha came in to the scene saying, I want these things. This woman did it for the right reasons, the right heart, the right motive. Even when we see him saying, bring her here. Because you see, he, he realized, wait a minute. She's doing all this for us, and she hasn't asked for one thing. And yeah, I'm trying to give her something, and she's saying, I don't need it. I don't want it. You see. So a lot of people, they seek what God, the things of God. They seek ministry. They seek different things. But it's all for the wrong reason. It's all for the wrong reason. You know, the truth is, I have found with God 
when you want something so bad, He often withholds it from you. You have to literally die to it. And when it doesn't mean anything to you anymore, that's when He tends to give it to you. (laughs) I'm telling you the truth. She did not want it. But you you know who she was blessing? You know who she was serving? She was serving the, okay, she was serving the prophet. But you know whose attention she got? God's. And it's interesting, the things that she did was very practical. She fed him, she put a table, she put a chair, she put a lamp. Very practical. You see, sometimes God wants you, wants you to serve in areas or serve something that really you would look at it and you would say, but this is not my problem. Why should I serve this man? Why should I put a table there? Why should I do these things? This isn't, I'm, you know, think about her, her, her problem. She's barren. She has nothing. She, in other words, you can almost see it like this. God, I want you. I need you. I need this breakthrough. Give me breakthrough. I'm barren. I have nothing. I need breakthrough. But how did she get it? She served God. She served another man's ministry, if you want to call it that. She served, and you know what? It resulted in the miracle that you are seeking. See, sometimes we, we run after things, but it's all for the wrong. She wanted nothing, and that is the reason why he said, bring her here. What do you want? What can I do? I don't want anything. Eventually, he turns to his, his, his servant, Gehazi, and says, what does she need? You see, when you serve him, when you, when you come to God with the right attitude, with the right motives, God will find a reason to bring your breakthrough. You see, but, but, but you see, that's why I say you've got to die to it. It has to come to a, you, you to, it's got to be something that, man, you know what? I want God more than I want this thing that I thought was so important to me. Come on, because we've got to read on. I mean, so he says, guys, he says to, says to sorry, Elisha, what is there to be done for her? Elisha says, and Gehazi answered, actually, she has no son and her husband is old. She had a problem. She had no son and her husband was too old. So he said, call her. And when he had called her, she stood in the doorway. Then he said, about this time next year, you shall embrace a son. And she said, no, my Lord, man of God, do not lie to, to your maidservant. In other words, it was something in her heart. It was so, such a strong desire, such a strong thing that when the prophet gave her that word, she said, no, I don't want to be, if if your word is not true, I don't want to be disappointed. How many times have I been disappointed? How many times have I tried and, and, and failed? Don't lie to me. Don't lie to me. I don't want to hear this. If it's not true, I don't want to hear it. But the woman conceived and bore a son. 
at the appointed time that the prophet Elisha had told her. So the word came to pass. Tell somebody the word came to pass. So yeah, through your pursuit. You see, her story up until this point speaks to us of this. Through our pursuit of God. Because you see, she had the right attitude, the right reason. She pursued God from her heart. She served another man's ministry. See, some people don't want to serve somebody else's ministry. Because they say, I've got a ministry. Why should I serve your ministry? Everybody serves somebody. Even Jesus said, I come to do the will of my Father. So what makes you so special that you don't want to go the way that everybody went? Everybody has gone. You want ministry? You want God to use you? Then you need to be ready for these things. Disappointment. Discouragement. Isolation. Rejection. And and being tested with offense. Tested with failure. But you see, you, you know, the truth is, a lot of these ministries that seem so successful because they've got everything, lack something that is actually before God a failure. Because the truth is, you have to pay the price, whether you pay it in the beginning, in the middle, or at the end. Whether you have money, success, it means nothing in, the, in, the, in God's economy, in God's plan. Nothing. You can have everything, and if your heart is not, is not right and you haven't walked that path before God, you're still an infant. You still need to, you still need to start. Come on, somebody say, come on. Uh, Pastor Vincent's preaching good, so t- just tell us. Tell <laughs> she served him. Why should I serve? You know why? Because God is watching your heart. <laughs> like I said, when you, when, you don't, when you die to it, that's usually when God gives it. But if you still want it so bad that you can taste it, I usually think, yeah, you're not ready. <laughs> Those, and I'll show you why. The woman bore a son. And the child grew. Tell somebody the child grew. In other words, that, that, that desire, that fulfillment of the vision of the prophetic word of the ministry grew. And then it happened one day that he went out to his father. This child of promise went out to his father and to the reapers. And he said to his father, my head, my head. So he said to his servants, quickly carry him to his mother. So when he had taken him and brought him to his mother, he sat on her knees till noon and died. Terrible story. What an what a anticlimax. I mean, it starts with this woman that's serving the prophet, gets this amazing miracle, only for the child to die. But you know what? It's it's a crazy story, but it speaks of our journey. That's why I said to you, until the thing 
in a sense, it has to first die before it can live. Jesus taught, unless a grain of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it cannot bear much fruit. If that thing that you're seeking in God or just whatever is more important to you than the Lord or anything else, if it's the thing, you know what? You're not serving God, you're serving that. See, some people, some people worship at the altar of their ministry. That's their God. You see, I, I, was, I was preaching around the world, doing all kinds of things. And I, I remember it was around my 10th, 11th year, 12th year of doing it. And I'll never forget it. God came and spoke to me. He said, so, Vincent. And I thought, wow, I'm having an encounter here. <laughs> he said to me, so tell me, have you got that out of your system? <laughs> and in front of my eyes flashed. I mean, I was preaching sometimes three, four, five times a day. Week after week, month, I was go, 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 doing all these meetings, amazing meetings. And it flashed before my eyes and said, so you got it out of your system? And I went, I guess so. <laughs> And I realized something. All that preaching, all that traveling, all that laying hands upon thousands of people, all that stuff, I mean, it was good. It's the gospel. But as far as God was concerned, <laughs> He was still checking me out. He was still looking at my heart. He was still letting me just, let's see what He does. And I realized that. I realized, yeah, I thought, 10, 12 years in, the Lord was still checking me out. And he said, so you got that out of your system? In other words, he was saying to me, so the need to preach, the need to do ministry, is it out of you now? Are you dead to it? Come on, I'm telling the truth. And I, and I realized something. The Lord came to me at a good time because it kind of was. I was tired, man. <laughs> I, was, I was preaching three, four times a day. I mean, going, it was like one meeting into another meeting. Which meeting was I in? Was that the first, second, or third? Or what, where am I? And, and you know, really, it had, it, had, it had died in me. It was no longer this thing, this, this carrot I was chasing. So if you're still chasing the carrot, there's something about the carrot. You never catch it. <laughs> you see, God, that out of my eyes. And I realized that's right. Because I even thought to myself at that, at that time, I thought, is this what my life has come down to? Going there, going yeah, going there, going yeah, speaking to this group of people, speaking to that group of people. But then I remembered the days when that's what I thought would be the ultimate. If I can just have that. And then I got it. I found out. That was 10, 12 years in. 
and I wasn't well paid. I would go and I'd, at that time I preached in a pretty large church, about 8,000. And you know what they are, the offering they gave me? Nicely sealed envelope. I remember it. Nicely sealed. <laughs> I thought I hit the jackpot. I mean, this, I mean, I was on TV. I was on everything. Nicely sealed envelope. I put my pocket. I was like, praise the Lord. Because you know, you, you don't open it in front of them. Went back to with the moment I was on by myself. $50. I was so mad. I said, I'm taking this thing. I'm going to stick it back in their face. I don't want their $50. I was just trying, I was just trying to cover the airline ticket. How am I going to pay my rent at home? How am I going to buy food? Let alone cover the ticket. You see, one thing ministry will do, it'll test you on your motives. Because if you're not, if your motives are wrong, you will not make it. You'll come up with all kinds of excuses. And that's why it's better to serve. Bring the chair in, bring the lamp in, bring the table in. Let God promote you. Don't promote yourself. Because if you promote yourself, you're going to be in a whole lot of hurt. A whole lot of hurt. And stop chasing ministry. Chase God. You know? That's what she did. She, she pursued the Lord, and the Lord found her. But even then, still, he, he son, her son died. You see? see, that's where a lot of people are. I've been serving and serving and serving and serving. How long must I still serve? Maybe that, maybe that is your call. I heard one preacher say, and I adopted it, I like to say, what if God Almighty the creator of the universe. <laughs> the one that just speaks and the stars are flung into place. What if what pleases him is that you, till he comes, clean the toilets of the church? What will you say? <laughs> what would you say? Would that be enough? Or will you say, no? Or will that be enough? See, everybody's serving because I want something. You know, they're not like this Shunammite woman who said, I don't want anything. They would say, yes. <laughs> Here's my list. Let me pull it out. I want this, this, and this, and this, and this, and this. And she said, no, I don't need any of that. I don't want it. I'm not interested. And that's why the Lord said, no, I'm interested. Let me give you your breakthrough. Let me bless you. Don't seek the things of God with the wrong motives for the wrong reasons. Seriously. 
Because you're, you're touching something holy with, 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 really with your carnal nature. But look what she does. Her son dies. So she took her son, brought him up, and laid him on the, on the, on the servant's on the prophet's bed and she said now get me the fastest donkey alright she said because I want to run to the man of God and I want to come back because there's something she did here she pursued the promise she didn't dive into the, 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 the sadness of the moment she said no wait a minute I've had a promise I'm going back to the promise. I'm finding the man of God. Get me the fastest car. Get me the fastest donkey. And, I, and he says, I'll be back. And she came. She was, I mean, you, it actually says she was on that donkey and she was like running. And the man, the man of God, the, the servant, they were up there on the mountain. And he looked down and he said, is that not the Shunammite woman? That's what he said. Yes, it is. Go find out what, what she wants. Ask her. Is her, is her husband okay? Is her, is her son okay? Guys, guys, he runs down there and says, and she, she basically says, No, I'm going to the man of God. And she, she goes up there on the donkey. When she gets off, she jumps off. She grabs his leg. And she basically says, I am not letting go of you. The prophet said, Ghazi, if I'm going to get rid of this Klingon, you better take my staff and go lay it on the, on the boy. Quickly, because I've got a problem. In other words, she said, I'm not letting go of the promise. I'm not letting go of the promise. You see, we look, we look towards everything but the things that are important. That which is between you and God is what is important. You serve. You You serve. You think that what you're doing in the church, you're doing all the serving, ah, they're just trying to get something out of me. Really? Then don't do it. Nobody's begging you. Nobody's telling you. But if you do it for the right reasons, if you do it for the right reasons, then it, then it means something to God Almighty. But if you do it for the wrong reasons, then all you're doing is giving your time. But trust me, According to the story, if you do it for the right reasons, God takes notice. He really does. He takes notice. And don't try to rush him. When he thinks it's done, it's done. Because look what, look what happens. He goes and he, he puts the staff on, the, the, the guys, he goes and puts the staff on the boy, nothing happens. So, so Elisha says, I guess I better go there. And Elisha goes and, and, and to, to, to the boy there in verse 32. When Elisha came into the house, there was the child lying dead on his bed. And he went in there for and shut the door behind the two of them and prayed. You see, the thing that God gives in a sense must come. You, get, you have to die to it being more important to you than, your, than, than God. You understand what I'm saying? It's an important principle. How long does that process take that where, where what you want 
whatever it is, whether it's ministry, whether you want God to use you in business, whether you want whatever it is that you're seeking from God, if that is more important to you than God, then you're not ready. Because it has to die. And I'm talking about in your heart. How long does that process take? It depends on you. People don't like to hear this message. But, the, but it's the truth. And I'll tell you it's the truth because, because I know I've lived it. Pastor Corey's lived it. People that I know that, have been, that are really going somewhere with the Lord, they've all lived it. But I want it so bad. That's your problem. You should want God. But you know what it is? It's a lack of faith. You don't really believe that God is watching. You don't really believe God is taking notice. That's why you don't want to pay the price. That's why you don't want to do it. Come on, who's glad they came tonight? Maybe there's some kind of an adjustment that needs to be made for some of us. I mean, I've had this conversation with, with... Lisa, often I said, it's strange, you know. The things that God just seems to be giving us now, we so badly wanted it in the beginning and we never got it. Now, we, it really doesn't mean anything. It doesn't matter. Thank you, Lord, but that's wonderful. Yeah, but okay. God gives it when it no longer has you. You know, I, I shared the story with you in Germany how many years ago was I in Germany when I got so sick five years ago five years ago I had an, had an encounter with God I shared it with you I came out of hospital could hardly stand the power of God came on me and I preached everything and, and when I when stopped I mean I knew it was a miracle because I could hardly stand went upstairs to the balcony of this church sat down and the Lord was still so close to me the fellowship of the Holy Spirit and I was just there just thinking, wow, what just happened? Because I couldn't even walk. I could hardly, I mean, I fell asleep on the front row waiting to be called up. I actually didn't want to be there. They forced me. They really did. Because when I said, I just came out of hospital, what don't, what don't you understand about that? Well, when are you going to come? I got out of hospital. When are you going to come? When are you going to be here? After a while, I told my friend Connie Oberly, who's my Order. He says, I guess I better take you. I said, I guess you better. So I got there. I did that whole thing. This miracle the way it happened. I went up there. I'm lying. And I'm sensing the power of God. I'm in the presence of God. And the Lord says, speaks these words to me. He says, Vincent, I felt the tenderness and the closeness of God. He said to me, if you want, I'll give you a million dollars. What do you want from me? And I heard, the, I heard that and it shocked me. I said, what? I said, what, what? I said, no, Lord. And it's like the Spirit of God answered in me. He said, no, I don't need that million. I'd rather have you. It was like God answered the motive. It, it's weird. He asked the question, he answered it. If somebody offered you a million dollars, oh God, what would you take? 
Now, don't, don't be quick to answer. Because oftentimes we've, we chase after the things that we chase after and we expect God to honor it. Because he better, I'm doing it by faith. But what if, what if the reason is he's saying, yes, I want to do all that with you, but you've got to make me number one. That thing must be a distant second. Come on now. So he went up and lay on the child and put his mouth on his mouth, his eyes on his eyes, his hand on his hand, and he stretched himself out on the child and the flesh of the child became warm and he turned and walked back and forth in the house and again went up and stretched himself out over them and the child sneezed seven times you know the number seven means it, it the, the, the process is complete it's finished God will release you when the process is finished not before you cannot rush it Tell somebody you cannot rush it. You know, in the ministry, you see people rushing it. All the time. And it usually is, you, you, they, they, they're full of dreams. Is it okay if I tell you this? They're full of dreams. We call, we, we call that Fluff. Because dreams without the price paid is just fluff. But it's from God. I don't doubt it. But it doesn't mean anything until you pay the price. It doesn't mean anything un un unless, until you're willing to make that meal every day when, when it comes through and, and, and to serve in the table and the chair. In other words, to show God that, the thi that you're not making this th the thing He's called you to your God. Amen. <laughs> now that we've successfully killed the meeting. <laughs> but it's the truth. It's the truth. <laughs> Some of you think the ultimate is if I could just get the microphone. Some of you don't want it like Miss Veronica. She says, don't come near me with that, Michael. She looks at me. I can see her. She even sits in the far back because she doesn't want me to give her the microphone. <laughs> so I go and give her the microphone. Because you see what... <laughs> the ones that want it so bad, we often go, mm, let's look for the one that doesn't want it. And I tell you what, that's, I, I believe that's how God works too. Until you die to it, unless it, unless it falls to the ground and dies, you can bear no fruit. I mean, like all of us, we go, we start ministry, we go, th we, we, we want it so bad, we can taste it, we pray for it, we go, we, we want it so bad. But sometimes, I'm honest with you, God withholds it because He knows if He gives it to you too soon, it'll destroy you. Wisdom is to come to God with the right 
way, in the right heart. In other words, get God's attention with your heart. The heart issues is what God sees. Oh, but I'm doing it, I'm doing it. Yeah, but maybe your heart issue is wrong. Amen. <laughs> when I heard Pastor Corey preaching, I thought, let's go for it. <laughs> let's jump out of the plane without a parachute and see where it takes us. <laughs> I mean, because when, when, we, when we started the ministry, we experienced all the wonderful things of victory and breakthrough, such as failure, <laughs> rejection, <laughs> lack of money, Question, did God really say, did, did God really call you? Are you sure? I mean, when, when we started out, I remember we, we were really blessed. I mean, we had a, somebody felt sorry for us, gave us a blow, an air mattress to sleep on. <laughs> we had one chair, a bunch of, we had more plates and cups and knives and forks because we got it for our wedding. We were in the kitchen. We were okay. <laughs> I'll never forget it. We were, in the, we were in this apartment in Smyrna, Georgia. I mean, it was Smyrna, Georgia. And we thought, man, this is a busy place until we found out. Because we thought this, this apartment across the road is very busy. Found out it was a brothel. <laughs> so we really, we're really staying in a good place. But we, we, but we all, but we all, we all like praying. Oh Lord, open the doors. Oh God, please open the doors in the north south. Did you, you said, you said, you said. Eventually, one one friend of mine felt bad for me and said, "Man, I'm gonna speak to some people for you." So I said, "Okay." He spoke to me, and I got I got some open doors, and I went to them, but. I found out very quickly they were like what we call holes in the wall. <laughs> up, in the, up in the Appalachian Mountains of, 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 of North Carolina and Georgia, places that I don't think man goes. <laughs> we, we, we went to these places. I mean, so, yeah, we, oh God, oh God. And we go there and the... The people we're ministering to is like, is this it, Lord? Is this it, Lord? And we, we got those sealed envelopes all the time. <laughs> it's beautifully sealed. <laughs> it's the truth. I, I, I mean... It was, I'll be honest with you, it was hell. It was not easy. I was questioned all the time. Are you sure? Shouldn't you go, you need to go get a job. You need to go. So I did. I worked in Pizza Hut. Because, because I thought to myself, if I'm going to get a job, it has to serve what God has called me to. Not, I'm not, because if it doesn't serve that, then I'm not going to do it. So what's the job I can, be, I can be flexible on that will serve the call of God? That, you see, 
You see, that's a problem. Well, unless I'm blessed in it, I'm not going to do it. Unless everything is perfect and all the ducks are in a row, I'm not going to obey God. What if the lack of success is part of the program? And what if that lack of success is there to, to test you and to squeeze out the pride and to squeeze out the, 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 the wrong motives? What if? <laughs> Tell somebody, what if? So there I was, delivering pizzas on the weekend or during the week, and then, and then wherever I had an opportunity to preach, I'd go preach. But often I'd make more money with the pizzas than when I went out and preached. <laughs> I mean, even my boys would tell me, Dad, what's wrong? Why is it everybody else is blessed but not you? They would question me, and I'd, it would touch my heart so bad. I would go, Lord, that's not right. I even, I even drew a conclusion. I said, God, you only care about the ministry. You don't care about me. Because the bills for the ministry was always paid. But my bills, what am I? Chop liver soup? Am I, am I just... <laughs> I thought about that. You see, this is what some of you haven't even tasted. And then it began to question, I began to find myself wanting to question God. Well, Lord, you know, you don't really care about me and my family. Yeah, I'm preaching my heart out, going all over the world. See, when we take pictures, it all looked good. Everyone said, wow, you have a big, this was in the 90s, you see. You have this big international ministry. But what they didn't know was we could hardly pay our bills. And it wasn't because there were small crowds. There were huge crowds. It just never filtered down to me. And I got angry, but it was to, but you see, it was for a reason. It was for a reason. When I, see, I got angry. At that time, I said, there's not a good pastor on the planet. I don't trust pastors because they always stole from me. It's the truth. They always stole from me. And I said, I don't think there's a good pastor. I knew I had to go through them, but I didn't trust them. And one day the Lord said to me, he said, you know what, Vincent, your problem is? You got your faith in the wrong place. Your heart is wrong. I said, what do you mean? I'm serving you, Lord. I'm paying the price. He says, no, you're not. You got your faith in them. You got your faith in the meeting. You got your faith in that. You don't have your faith in me. And I went, oh. I asked the Lord for forgiveness and I said, from now on, the, 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 the offering doesn't mean anything. Whether where it comes from there or it comes from the ravens or it comes from, the, from wherever, it matters not. God, you are my source. And from that time, everything changed. Everything started turning around. Because it, I, I was looking at the wrong place. And you see, that's what I'm trying to get across to you. Some of you are trying to pursue God doing seemingly the right thing, but with the, with the, with the wrong focus, with the wrong motive. I thought I was doing it right, but I was getting offended. And then I asked God to forgive me. And I started praying for the pastors. 
And I, I mean, I got over it. And now I'm, I'm one myself. <laughs> so, I mean, that was many years ago. That was in the 90s that that happened. But God will, God will put you through your test. And, don't, and, and I tell you what, if you, it doesn't matter your age, whether you're young or old. And like Pastor Corey said, it doesn't matter whether you've been through Bible school or not. You can go through 20 years of Bible school and still not qualify. It doesn't matter. Many are called, fool of the few are chosen. Many hear the call, but why are they not chosen? Who chooses? God chooses. Many get the call, but not many qualify. Amen? Who here wants to be used by God? Uh, not now, and everybody, I don't know. <laughs> when we started seeing breakthrough coming in the ministry, is when the thing we were chasing started happening to us because we were no longer started chasing. We weren't chasing for it, we weren't, it wasn't the important thing. That's why I say, when you die to it, God gives it to you. We do, did conferences, like one conference we did ran for 12 or 13 years in Germany. Had people come from all over Europe, in fact, from all over the world. I did it with a team. A guy from Argentina, from Brazil, from Germany, and, and the US, and myself. And all of us, when we got there, all had ministries in our own right, all successful ministries. But when we'd get there, we'd say, who wants to preach? No, you preach. No, no, you do it. No, no, you do it. No, you do it. No, you, you, you do it. We, it wasn't important, but you get a young whippersnapper in there. Give it to me. I want to preach. Give it to me. But you see, it's not important. What, what's important? Pleasing God and seeing the lives of people change. And if God is using a donkey, then guess what? We serve the donkey. It's not important. Ah, oh, but I got the message. Everybody does. <laughs> Everybody does. What, 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 you know, when one friend said to me, he's a prophet, he said to me, what makes you so special that they should want you? I said, I don't know. What <laughs> makes me special? God that qualifies when God gives favor he goes before you and it happens but if you're trying to beat the door down then you're probably not ready Amen. then you need to go back and serve bring out the table bring out the chair bring out the lamp prepare the bed feed the prophet you know it's a picture of serving if Jesus comes back and you're serving, you'll get your crown. And I do love that story of, of, of Paul, actually. I mean, the, the way he gets called by God, supernatural encounter. I mean, we talk about encounters. And then Ananias comes and prophesies to him and says, you're going to be a prophet, uh, apostle to the Gentiles, and you'll suffer greatly for my name's sake. 
gets his, I mean, what a calling, eh? gets his eyesight back. He runs to Jerusalem to show himself to the, to the disciples. And they basically look at him and say, you don't fit in. And I, he goes into the desert. And who knows where else? Because it, I think it was like 14, 17 years later, Barnabas went and called him and said, hey, Remember that guy? He said there was going to be a revival amongst the Gentiles. Who was it again? Oh, that Saul guy who became Paul. Let me go find him. And it was because of Barnabas. He went and found Paul and said, Paul, come, it's happening. And they said, yeah, I guess it fits in because it's the Gentiles. Go get him. (laughs) And even then when he came back, him and Peter had a big clash. And Paul said, you know what? These men of great reputation, they add nothing to my life. See, because in the beginning, he wanted it. Oh, disciples, recognize me. Affirm me, you disciples of Jesus. I want to be noticed. I've been called apostle to the Gentiles. They said, who are you? We don't recognize you. You just that guy that was trying to kill us. You don't fit in. And besides, at that point, they, they, they believed, many of them believed that it was only to the Jews anyway. So, chased him away. <laughs> but by the time God was finished with him, he belonged to none of them. <laughs> he belonged to none of them. He said, none of them, they, they, none of them impressed me. Because he was saying, I have encountered God. God had prepared him, fashioned him, formed him. In the desert. <laughs> Tell somebody, in the desert. Come on now. Tell somebody, in the desert desert. is where we go. (laughs) Deny yourself. Die to yourself. Paul said, I die daily. Not my will, but your will be done. I'm crucified with Christ. The life that I now live in this flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God. Jesus even said equality, you know, Philippians says, have the same attitude that in you that was in Christ, who did not find equality with God a thing to be grasped, but rather humbled himself and became a man, and even all the way to the point of the cross. Have the same attitude in you. Do not think more highly of yourself than you ought to. That's what even goes on to say, Treat other people as more important than yourself. See, if you have that, that's what qualifies. When that motive, when that heart comes into you, then you're getting ready to be qualified. And trust me, the Lord will continue to test you and to see if that's in you. You know, you've heard me, and I'll finish now because it's getting late. You've heard of a pastor, friend of mine in South Africa many years ago. My mom remembers him, Pastor Johann Stein. Big church. Lisa and I pastored and started a church under him there in Kempton Park, South Africa. 
and he, he was wearing the suit and he was all three-piece suit, thought of him so, as so important. And there was this lady, prophetic lady, Cecilia. I mean, she, she, got a, she, she got a number while praying and she said, Lord, what is this number? And, and the Lord said, call it and whoever answers the phone, give them the message that I give to you now. She said, okay. She called it and it was the president of South Africa. And he said, how'd you get this number? Nobody has it. It's, it's secret. Just state secret. She said, I got it in prayer. He said, I want you to come to my house. And she went there, met the president, gave him a word. So this same lady shows up to this pastor. And she looked at him and he was in his suit. And she says, oh, so you look so important. You're getting to be such, a, such an important man, aren't you? And she raised her hand like this. And she went like this and he fell to the ground in his suit. And she rolled. She went like this with her hand. He rolled in the dust. She went like this. He rolled in the dust. And she just went. She, she, she covered him in dust. We, we don't know the prophetic yet, you see. She's the one that prophesied over. We would not be married today if it wasn't for that lady. Because Lisa wouldn't even hold my hand. She said, no way. Unless I hear from God, I will not. I said, come on now. That's not fair. You're asking for a tall order, you know. So, so, we, so I said, oh, let's go see Cecilia. Because we hadn't seen. So we went there. We came to the door. And I remember we knocked on her. She opened the door. She had not seen us for a long time. She said, there you are. And she started to prophesy over us. And she prophesied us getting married and all that. Wait a minute, coming back to the pastor. <laughs> Rolling, and then he was like, in his, I mean, his good suit, his hair messed up, dust all over him. And she looked at him, she said, never. <laughs> you know, it's get, stay humble, never get proud. Never think of yourself as more important than you are. Always remember who you serve. So you think God doesn't know. Come on. You know, do it for the right reasons. Don't chase after stuff. Don't chase after ministry. Chase after God. Thank you for tuning into my podcast. I hope that you have been blessed. I would like for you to consider two things. Number one, subscribe to our show to receive notifications of our new podcasts. Number two, support our ministry of reaching the nations with revival by clicking on the link in the description or visiting our website, riverwpb.com. Thank you for tuning in. Look forward to you joining our next podcast. God bless you.